Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Listen, Learn and Burn podcast, hosted by Phil Williams and Jen Kay, co-owners of Lift, Learn and Burn, the online coaching service created to transform the body and minds of females. Getting out and getting steps in can sometimes feel like you're walking for the sake of walking, which is why we're on a mission to make your walks a little bit more fun. So get off the couch, throw your headphones in and get those feet moving. Oh, and if you're in England, it's probably best you take a coat because it's more than likely chucking it down. Every week, we'll be going in-depth into a specific topic related to female weight loss. We know how overwhelming and overcomplicated weight loss can be, so we make sure to cut out all the big fancy words and bring you the information that you need to know. And if you're not sure how to start your journey, then head over to our website now to get your hands on our free fat loss guide. Hello! That's not what you've written. You've said welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, Phil, I've got something dead good. Do you know when you asked me... Um... This means it's not going to be dead good. Why? Just for um... anyone who's listening. Was I listening to Taylor Swift? Oh, no. <laughs> the answer was no. I was not listening to Taylor Swift. However... You've typed the number 15. No, no. The public have spoken, Phil. <laughs> the, the song has been... She, Kira messaged me and she said... She said, I know you've said you're going to stop doing it, but I've got this one you can sing. I was like, I can't sing that. I don't know it. <laughs> so I was like, do you want to sing it? She said, no. So. Don't know when it said 15. Brilliant. You've set yourself up well for this, haven't you, Jen? This could be a long Let's podcast. Let's <laughs> Brilliant. There we go. I'll be uh, having words with Kira later on. Fifteen. Did you just click play again? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a cat howling next door. Oh right, okay. Yeah, I wish they'd stop swinging it at the wall. <gasps> it's hot in here, isn't it? Mm, Take it the jumper. That's a different song. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hiya. How you doing? You're all right. Why are you asking me? Because I want to know if you're all right. You're supposed to be asking Melissa. The listener could not respond. We've been through this. We have. <laughs> Rhetorical questions that they can answer in the head. Or if it was me, I would answer it out loud. Okay then. Everybody but Kira, hope you're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I um, like it. I'm now getting sent song requests. Of course you like it. Podcast song requests. Send in your requests for number 16. <laughs> How do you quit the podcast? Is there, how do I get out? I'm in a contract here. There must be a way out. <laughs> You've got to leave this house. Oh, wait, you can't. Lock oh, down. Brilliant. Sucker. I'm stuck. <laughs> Deleting your Instagram later. Find a way to get on. Um, so, episode 15, we made it, Jen. We made it to episode 15. It's that's a, a big milestone. That's a, I was going to say a landmark. Does that make sense? <laughs> no. Oh, it's a milestone then. <laughs> it, it feels like a rounded number 15. Because it's a five, multiple of five. Mm. Yeah, I love a multiple of five. Not as much as you love an uh, even number. No, even numbers are my favourite. But... I just think multiples of five just feel really rounded. Yeah. You know when someone's like five, ten, fifteen, twenty. Like, yeah, I think we know multiples no, of five. I mean, I like, no, I'm saying is like when you see something that's like a five, like the lower multiples of five, I think I'm into. Right. Um, and then the podcast this week. What's numbers. That about? We're going to talk about all the numbers that are my favourite. Uh, and I'm out. Yeah. No, we're not. This week we're going to be talking about three things to avoid if you're trying to lose weight. But if you've seen the title. You probably have guessed that by now. Um, right. But I think we always talk about what you should be doing for weight loss, don't we? Yeah. Like, let's let's try to do this. Let's try to do that. You need to make changes here. 
But I think the problem is we don't really go through the things that you potentially need to avoid doing. And I think that can sometimes have a bigger implication on your results. Like that can impact. impact. Yeah, that can really impact what happens because you might be doing a lot of really good positive things that are beneficial, but there might be some things that are just holding you back and really stopping you both physically and mentally from achieving what you want to achieve. And I think... I think that's in the long term, isn't it? Yeah, 100% it is. And we've picked three things here that we think are extremely common. Things that when clients first come to us, we tend to speak about early on. Um, But things that I think a lot of other coaches, weight loss approaches, get their clients to do. And it always confuses me why, because I'm like, that doesn't work. Mm. That's not the right way to go about it. Um, and like I said, I think from today's podcast, hopefully you'll get an idea of the things that are potentially stopping you from achieving what you want to achieve, regardless of all the, and I don't like using words like good and positive and healthy, but you know what I mean? Like the things that are going to take you towards your goal can potentially be held back if you're doing these three things that'll hold you back from achieving your goal, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think um, that I've lost my words. Have you? Yeah, yeah, I lost. I completely lost my train of thought. I was going right off on a tangent in my own head. Then weren't listening yeah. to a word you were saying. That's nice. Of you. <laughs> Do you know it'd be good though if like at least one of the listeners listened to what I just said. That'd be good. Well, let's hope that they did. Fingers crossed. Not like me. Yeah, I tell you what, I'll bring you back off your tangent. Should we jump straight into point number interesting one? Interesting point. No, can I just say an interesting point? The reason why I can't concentrate is because I've been tracking my period, hmm. and I've noticed that my mind is like ridiculously busy when I'm due on my period and mm. I can't focus or concentrate on anything. It's a trait. Is it? Don't blame me. Blame the period. I wouldn't blame either. <clears throat> I'll try and pay more attention to the next thing you say. That's very kind of you. Do you know what? I'll take it because last week when we did the podcast, uh-huh. you said to me... Yeah. Um, for anybody that... What did I say? <laughs> this is really annoying, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> but it shows I'm listening. Actively listening. <laughs> actively responding to everything I say. Yes, I am. But at the same time, not actually listening. You're just waiting for a gap so you can speak. No, no, I'm listening. <laughs> uh, last week you said I was... I, th- I can't remember exactly how you described me. I think it was motivational. Motivational speaker? Mm. So I probably should pay more attention, shouldn't I? Potentially. Okay, mm. right. Number one. Number one. <laughs> um, I'm back in the room. Game, the room. whatever. Back in the game. Um, putting a deadline on results... And I think this is a big it. And I think oh. it comes back to what we talked about, about having that end goal as a wish mm-hmm. rather than a goal. Because we know that goals should have some time element towards them. Because if we're, if we're talking smart goals, mm-hmm. what is it? Specific. Specific, measurable, achievable. Realistic. Realistic and timed. Mm. Yeah, so a goal should be. But a wish, very different. Mm. Because... A wish is something that we want to aim for. It's kind of like that end goal, isn't it? In a way, yeah. It's kind of like, it's that point that you'll kind of work towards, but you can't base what you do on that result. So to use like two examples, like, I don't know, steps versus body weight. You can control your steps. You decide whether you go out or not. You decide how many steps you do. And... Over the next 50 years, there's going to be many different occasions where hitting a step target is impossible because things happen and we get that. But on the whole, 95 to 99% of the time, you control how much movement you have. Your body weight, 
is influenced by the things you do, but you can't dictate what happens with your body weight. I'm going to talk about that a bit more. Yeah. You, you can't dictate like what happens. So if you're going to put a deadline on how much you're going to weigh, you're setting yourself up to fail. However, yeah. you can put a timed, not a timed cap, but you can put, you can say like, for example, today I'm going to do 8,000 steps. And you can put a plan in place to make sure that you hit those 8,000 steps. But if you say, I'm going to lose a kilo this week, like you're putting a deadline on something you don't have control over. Mm-hmm. Or if you say, I'm going to get into a size 10 dress by, I don't know, the end of the month. You're putting a deadline on something that you have no control over. You're choosing to say to yourself, if I don't achieve this, I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. But yet the thing you're trying to achieve is something you have zero control over. You don't decide whether that happens or not. And we see the you know clients come to us and they've failed with things like this before haven't they yeah they've had deadlines for stuff and they're like well i tried to achieve such a thing uh, before my birthday or i tried to achieve this before this wedding or i tried to achieve this before i was going on holiday and i'm like why well i wanted to really look good for that day i'm like so you put yourself through 8 12 16 weeks of torture so you can look good for a few hours was that worth it the answer is always no did you achieve it the answer is always no how did you feel after it the answer is always, I felt terrible, I hated it, I didn't enjoy the process. So if you're setting a deadline on what you want to achieve, you're setting yourself up to fail, to be honest with you, as harsh as it sounds. You're setting yourself up to not achieve what you want to achieve, basically. Yeah. Did you listen to that bit, Jen? Well, I listened to it, yeah, but I was supposed to be saying that bit. Sorry. <laughs> it just stole all my words. I apologise. That was very mean. It's Well, I'll let you do the next bit. No, I want to carry on with my bit. You carry on with your bit then. Honestly. Right. Sometimes I just go on rants. Up here, so. And I think, I think, even though we did steal my words, and now I've no words left, mm. you made some good points. Thank you. But I think the key thing to remember is if you are looking for a lifestyle change and you're looking for results that are going to stick around and not be short-lived, then... It's not achievable to put a time frame on it because everyone's different. We don't know what that looks like for you, what barriers you're going to come up against, what the future holds in terms of what life is going to throw at you. It, it shouldn't be about a competition or pushing yourself to hit a certain place. If you genuinely, hand on heart, want results that are going to last and stick around, you've got to see it as a long haul thing because I think too often people will try and change everything overnight and we've probably said this a million times before but you're trying to change habits overnight that you've had for like 20 plus years and that can't be undone in six weeks Mm. like it doesn't factor in for life like there's no consideration I think I put in an email the other week, do you remember what I said? It's like you've been walking forwards all your life and then someone said you've got to get everywhere by walking backwards. Yeah. You'd like give it a good go and you'd be like, all right, I'll try it. But you're trying to undo something that's like completely natural and happens without you thinking. And it'd be really difficult to do that overnight. Like you wouldn't be able to suddenly go from walking forwards everywhere to walking backwards everywhere. And yes, that is slightly dramatic because we don't have eyes in the back of our head. However, it makes my point in that you can't undo something that is so natural and ingrained in you in a short space of time. It takes time and consistency and we can't put a deadline on that because we don't know. Oh my goodness, I've got a really bad cramp. (laughs) We don't 
Oh no. Oh my goodness, I forgot about cramp. Oh, that was really painful. Right in the arch of my foot. Um, Nothing worse. So sorry about that. Unnecessary. No, dramatic do you know, response do you know to I think it's it necessary. I don't think there is. A, I don't think it was over dramatic. Cramps an absolute nightmare. You're welcome. You need to drink more water. But yeah, now I've had my bit. No. Do you know what? Jen made a really good point about the competition side of it. And when I try not to be this blunt all the time, but when people say, oh, "I need to achieve this in the next four weeks," I always ask, "Why? Who are you competing against? Who are you trying to beat? And if you are, why? What's the mm. point? What if you don't achieve it in the next four weeks? Oh, I failed. All right, then. Well, why are you giving yourself a deadline?" I think there's there's something in it as well to say there's nothing necessarily wrong with having a short term goal. Oh, absolutely not. However, you've just got to accept that with that short term goal, there's potential restrictions and likelihood to feel the need to binge once that time period is over because yes. you've cut things out and you're like, now I can have all these things that I've not been having. Hmm. And I think if you're going to do that, then you've got to accept that that is going to be a consequence of it because as humans when we tell ourselves we can't have something we want it more and therefore when that time period comes the things that you have been restricting you're just gonna well in all likelihood overeat on those things because you're making up for that lost time so to speak yeah and here's a quick little test for anybody who's listening who's wondering well how do i know whether what i'm doing is sustainable or not all we need to do is ask yourself the question at any point when you've been trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve have you thought to yourself can't wait till this is done so that I can then go and do insert activity, food that you want to eat, something you want to do. If you're waiting till what you're doing right now is over so that you can then eat something different or change what you're doing, the approach you're taking is unsustainable. Yeah. Simple as that. I always say, like if I'm chatting to someone on say Instagram and like we're talking about the approach they're taking, my one question is always, could you do that for the rest of your life? If you can't, can't sustain it mm. you just can't that's what it is yeah that's but, what sustainability is continuing to do something. yeah so if you can't keep up the habits that you're currently doing in order to achieve your weight loss goals then you're not going to keep that weight off you can't sustain the approach you can't sustain the results exactly which brings us nicely on to point number two and this is something that happens a lot in the industry there's a lot of coaches who do it um there's a lot of coaches who i think are brilliant who still do it and i don't get it but it's weekly weigh-ins. I hate weekly weigh-ins. Oh, that weigh-day. Weigh-day. No. Oh, I'm, I'm fed up of seeing it, to be honest with you. No offence, but you're set up to fail if you're doing weekly weigh-ins. I would imagine 99% of our listeners are probably females. If you're a female, your body weight is going to fluctuate as the month goes on. Your cycle is going to mean that your body weight is going to fluctuate. Regardless of whether you're trying to lose gain or maintain weight, it's going to change. In week one of your cycle, you might weigh a little bit less. In week two or three, you might weigh even less. In week four, you might put on four pounds. You've not failed. You've not done anything wrong. Your body is simply reacting to the fact that your cycle is in a different stage of your cycle. And at the minute, it isn't massively important that we discuss why. It's just more important initially that you understand it's going to happen. It's it's natural for it to happen. I've got, oh, we've got clients that gain like four or five pounds in week four of the cycle mm-hmm. that's not failure it's not because they've changed anything it's because they're female and it happens yeah. like how do you want to get around that like it is what it is and i feel like if you're dictating your week on the fact that you've gained a few pounds because you're in week four of your cycle you're going to fail forever like you're never going to achieve mm-hmm. anything you're just going to consistently think, beat yourself up i think it's really disheartening as well when you kind of feel like everything's that you're doing is going well mm. 
but the number on the scales isn't showing what you expect it to and I think the thing that we're very big on is learning about your fluctuations and what causes you to fluctuate so I know for me I've got IBS I bloat quite a lot and therefore my weight probably fluctuates more than your average human because I will one day be really bloated the next day I won't be and that will affect my weight from a day to day and I think there's things like how much you've eaten whether you've been to the toilet or not like the um salt intake of your last meal are you holding on to water because you're not drinking enough water there's so many things that can affect it on a day-to-day basis that could mean like phil says you're four pound heavier on one day and then the day after you're five pound lighter Mm. it's it's life yeah and if you're wondering how that can have a massive impact on your goals it's quite simple you could weigh we'll use some really easy numbers let's say you weigh 200 pounds on monday and then the monday after you weigh 199 the Monday after you weigh 198, and you're like, this is going all right, this is going in the right direction. The Monday after you weigh 201, you'll go, well, this is rubbish, this isn't working. I'm going to completely stop what I'm doing, I'm going to completely change my approach. However, you actually lost a pound of body fat that week, you just gained four pounds of water. And if you just carried on that week as normal, without even worrying about the scale weight, if you just carried on as if nothing would have happened, back to week one again, the water weight would have come off, you might have lost another pound of body fat, and you'd have been like, flipping out, that week was good, lost mm. six pounds. Six pounds of body fat. But you would know that it wasn't six pounds of body fat. You'd have been aware that, hang on, that's why I gained so much last week. I just increased in water weight. That's all it was. During my period, increased in water weight. And actually, do you know what? I don't think I track my calories perfectly, but even so, like, I'm now down again, so I'm noticing the fluctuations. But when you weigh yourself once a week, it's impossible to do that, which is why we get a lot of clients either choosing one of two options. Option one, weighing every single morning. Same time, close off, go to the toilet, weigh yourself. Add your data and forget about it. And it's important you don't celebrate when it goes down and you don't moan when it goes up. There's no emotion attached to that number. It's simply a number. You start seeing it as data. Yeah, it's just data. That's all it is. So whatever that number is, whether you've lost 50 pounds overnight, you just go, it's what it is. Let's carry on. Because when you start celebrating losing weight, you'll start being annoyed and angry and upset and guilty at gaining weight. It is impossible to have just positives in anything in life. And we've spoken about this before. When you create a positive you subconsciously create a negative as well, mm-hmm. which might sound really complicated, but I promise you it just happens without you knowing it. The second you jump on the scales and you're happy you've lost a pound, you'll be disappointed you've gained one. And it's not something you can control. So you need to jump on, close off, go to the toilet, jump on the scales, write your number down, add it to the app if you're a client. Clients already know that, but just just do it. Don't actually think about it. Oh, there's option two, which you can potentially use if you maybe at the minute don't have the best relationship with the scales and you've had quite a difficult relationship with the scales over the years and you think that weighing yourself every morning is going to cause more issues than it's going to solve over time it would solve those issues as we know and we've spoken in about actual and fact, i've had a lot of clients say to me oh i don't know about that mm-hmm. and i've said just give it a go yeah and even when they've come at me and say, I don't know if this is working for me, I've said, just stick it out a little bit longer. And they've never come back to me and say anything again because it, it doesn't come overnight. No. That idea of detaching yourself from a number on the scales does not come overnight. But the more you do it and the more you see the trends, the better you get at detaching yourself from that number. 100%. And that second way of doing it is, 
it's a method that I don't massively love because I think it still creates the idea that things, it's just not as accurate. But what you can do is you can choose three days of the week. You can weigh yourself on those just those three days and then take the average number. But again, I still think the best way to do it is first thing in the morning, clothes off, go to the toilet, jump on the scale, write your number down, repeat it every day, forget about it. The really, what we do with clients is you, you log it on an app and then it puts it into a graph. Mm-hmm. If you can do that in some way, it's really good because you can then see the overall trend and it's not just a number on a piece of paper. It's nice to see the fluctuations, but that number coming down over time. And that, I think one fact that I always love that puts it into perspective is in order to um, gain one pound of body fat, you need to be in 3,500 calories over your maintenance. So your maintenance is what you, calories you would eat in a day that would mean you would stay the same weight. And across a week, you need to be eating 3,500 calories more than that. So average that out at like 500 calories more a day. So unless you've eat, unless you've eaten, say, someone said to me the other day, like, oh, well, I put on three pounds and, oh, do the maths. It'd have to be 1,500 calories a day, which would be 10,500 calories a week. All be maintenance. No, but she did it in a night. Oh, so 10,000 oh she'd have to eat 10,500 calories so for maintenance let's say it was 2,000 she'd have to have eaten about 12,500 calories in a day yesterday yeah like when you put it in that perspective you're like alright yeah it's not fat <laughs> somewhere between about 8 to 12 pizzas like no one's eating 8 to 12 <laughs> pizzas in a day like, even, honestly like, genuinely when clients have tracked their calories for a full day and been like Phil like that's the most I've ever eaten in a day she was like Two and a half, three thousand. Like it's nowhere near as many people think. People no, don't eat as much. As yeah, they, think. they really don't. They and don't. I used to have this kind of guilt when I first started tracking of like the days that I thought had gone really bad, and like I wouldn't put things in because I was like, oh well, that was awful. And I remember you having the conversation with me, going, just track it. Like please, just track it. Like you will realize it's not as bad as you think. And actually. I was, I was always, sorry, I'm going a bit off on the tangent here, but I always found myself in a worse position if I didn't track it because if I didn't track it, I'd think, oh my goodness, I've eaten so much. Then the guilt would set in and then I'd eat more. Whereas actually what I found was when I tracked it, I'd go, oh, that's not actually as bad as I thought. I'm just going to stop now. Yeah. Like I actually stopped because I was like, I, I, I'm all right. Like it's a little bit over than where I wanted to be, but that's actually okay. Control of the situation. Yeah, yeah, it? and I think it just take it alleviated that little bit of guilt for me. I think you just... regain a bit of power, don't you? Yeah, you do. So yeah, sorry about that one. That was off on a tangent. It's but... fine because there's one last thing I want to say on the matter because I know when we've said things to people about weighing before and weighing on a day to day basis, people always say, "Well, how do I not let it impact my week?" Mm. And you know what? The f- there's two things I want to say. First thing is, and Jen's already mentioned it before, it's going to take time. It isn't an overnight thing. It's normal for the first few times, few weeks, few months for you to jump on, still get that little bit of excitement when you've lost a bit of weight, still yeah. feel a little bit of, you know, you feel a bit down when you've gained it. Like things like this don't go overnight. They go if you're really consistent for a long period of time with this. But something that I think is really important for us all to understand is that if you're weighing yourself once a week, you're judging one second of your week there are 604,800 seconds in a week that's a big number that's a massive number 604,800 just take that in for a a second pardon the pun and for one second of the week you're jumping on a scale you're allowing one second in 604,800 to number one decide how good of a week you've had 
And number two, let you dictate what you do for the next seven days till you jump on the scales again. For one second out of 604,800. That couldn't be any more of a snapshot of the week if it tried. Mm-hmm. That's such a small amount of time in your week. You could have had the most ama- amazing, incredible week you've ever had. And I don't just mean fall weight loss, I just mean in general. You might have really enjoyed yourself and had a great week. Then you jump on the scales for one second and go, well, that was rubbish. That was yeah. a rubbish week. Was it? One in 604,800? Is it a rubbish week? Or is it literally one second? I think it's important to remember that even if you um, do jump on the scales and you have been doing it every day and it has gone up and you have been doing all the things and you have been um, doing all the things that you've been doing, it's just trusting the process mm-hmm. and just looking back at all the things that you've done Checking that you've done everything you intended to do, first of all. And if you have, give yourself a massive pat on the back for that and just go, I'm actually doing really well regardless of what these scales are saying right now. And I'm not sure that that's the be-all and end-all. I'm actually going to celebrate all these choices that I made this week that were really positive. And I think that's why we look at, with clients, we say, what are your wins this week? And I very, 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 very rarely do clients put weight wins in there for us. Yeah. And it might be like, a, it felt good. Yeah. And like I said, it's going to, don't don't pretend that it's going to disappear overnight. Yeah. It's all right, you lost a kilo, you felt good. But you probably felt good about the fact that you did all the right things to lose a kilo in a way. Do yeah. you know what I mean? You probably felt better about the process and that's what matters. And I think when you weigh yourself on a day-to-day basis... You care less, don't you? Yeah. You tend I think to care less. Celebrate the losing if you want, but make sure you get in the habit of celebrating all the good habits and choices that you've made as well, so that when the scales don't change, you've still got the ability to celebrate all the other things that you're doing. They need to be the absolute priority, yeah. like the process. Focus on the process and the results will come. But there's yes. one last thing we want to speak about. Yeah, so that's eating back the calories that you have burned. This is a big year, isn't it? Yeah, it's massive, massive, massive. And you've probably heard us talk about it before. Trackers aren't accurate. So detach them from your MyFitnessPal or whatever other tracking app that you use. Take it off if you need to. We've had people saying before, like, they've literally started taking it off from workouts because they were so fixated on the calories burnt for that workout and the heart rate zone and whatever else it tells you. Don't use them to track workouts. Don't because the calories burnt within that aren't accurate and even if it was you end up with a really really unhealthy relationship with both food and training because training doesn't become about enjoying movement and feeling really good in yourself but actually it starts to become about burning calories off and it starts to become a punishment and you're using it as a tool for weight loss when in actual fact it doesn't really have that big of an impact on our weight loss and yeah and if you go back to was it probably episode episode one one, where we covered that we've talked about tda Mm -hmm. and the percentage of calories that you burn in a day is around five percent somewhere between three and five yeah when you judge it over the week about calories burned from exercise um so I think it's really important to shift your mindset on this one because actually the more you can enjoy it, the easier it'll become and the more you're likely to move more because you're actually enjoying it and it doesn't it's not the punishment or a chore or whatever it may be. And I think 
I've had a few people come back to me, clients say it, and when we did our five-day challenge, I had a few people message me off the back of that saying it, that they've found more pleasure in exercise since flipping their mindset and knowing that they're doing it because they want to and not because it's some kind of punishment or some way of gaining calories to eat or getting rid of calories that they've eaten. And as much as it's a rubbish phrase, the phrase you can't out-train a bad diet is quite valid. Yeah, I mean, and as well, in theory, like not to disagree with what Jen's saying, you could, in theory, out-train a bad diet, (laughs) but it'd be horrendous. You'd hate your life. I've seen people do it. I know people who train three, four times a day just so that they can feel like they've done something and burn X amount of calories. And they're probably not aware that they have a horrendous relationship with training and food. But at some point, they'll find out. And at some point, they'll have to make a change to that. And for everybody, it happens at a different point in the journey. But like, I remember, I saw it today, actually, someone on Instagram, and I don't really know the person, but I'm not going to name anyone anyway. And she'd mentioned that her coach... Oh, she'd spoke to a coach and said it was raining outside. She didn't want to go for a run. So we told her to do burpees instead. And I'm thinking, or just put your jacket on and go for a walk. Like, based on her Instagram, I know her focus was weight loss. It's not getting better at burpees. So she's probably focused on trying to re- reduce calories or burn calories. And I'm thinking, it's not going to benefit you in the long run. It's not going to help you. Like, you don't learn anything from that, apart from the fact that you hate burpees, mm-hmm. like we all do. And I think... The big thing that Jen's mentioned, and this is something that we speak to every single client about, when I'm creating programs for clients, when I'm speaking to them about training, I want them to feel really strong and confident. They're my two big goals. Mm-hmm. Feel strong, feel confident. I don't care if you're lifting a one kilo dumbbell or a 20 kilo barbell. If you feel really strong and confident in it, that's what matters. If you enjoy the movement, even better. Winner. You're on the right tracks. If you get to the end of the session and go, right, let's see how many calories I burn the point like Jen said it wasn't accurate anyway but you didn't achieve anything from burning an extra few calories but I guarantee when you switch that focus and you focus on being feeling strong feeling confident which will take a bit of time it's not something again that happens overnight you're going to get better results aren't you you're going to feel so much better about yourself and there was a lot of studies done on HIIT training and I think we've spoken about this before in the podcast about a lot of people struggle to lose weight by doing HIIT because they tend to drink or eat some kind of high energy drink or meal or whatever beforehand so they've got the energy to train they then go and try and burn off a load of calories and because they're absolutely knackered they then go and eat or drink a load of high calorie foods or drinks so either side of it they've consumed a thousand calories and burnt off 200 so they're now inputting 800 calories extra into the body than they would if they just didn't train at all and i think honestly the we need to focus training differently and something big needs to happen for it to happen mm-hmm. me and jen are going to talk about it for the rest of our lives probably but at some point, there needs to be a switch in focus away from trying to burn calories to just enjoying yourself. Because I guarantee when you enjoy it, you'll do it more. When you do it more, you'll get better results. Simple as that. Exactly. Definitely. It's good. So, Thanks. I believe now it's time for On The Spot. And I believe that you've been absolutely hounded with questions. Oh, I've got some great questions through this week. Oh, so will you send me phone. some for Phil next week, please? I want to be hounded for questions for you. Do you know what the best thing about this week was? I want to use all of them. <laughs> but I can't. I know I put on my um, Instagram just before we started recording. I'm using them all over the next few months. I have to. Because they're all a different like level of... Greatness. Greatness, yeah. For very different reasons. Some like... Very short one that's only one, two, three, four, six words, but it's fantastic. Right, come on Because then, it's weird and makes no sense. Oh, but I'm not going to use that one today. Oh. Um, that's not the one we're going to use today, right, but okay. we will do. Um, 
So today's question is going to be a little bit strange if you're not from Wigan, because <laughs> you'll have no idea what it means. But I thought, you know what? It was my favourite out of the ones. In fact, you know what? I don't think it was. They're all my favourite. Anyway, let's do it. Then. <laughs> is this one from? Um, oh, do you know what's that? Is that definitely the one I want to use? Hang on, sorry. I'll get back onto Instagram. Let me find it. I need to get them word for word, don't I? Yeah, you do. I don't want to get it wrong. I'm um, hyped for questions this week. So, this one is by... Bye. What? Bye, Phil. Age four. Soul <laughs> <laughs> by the river. Oh, okay. You'll enjoy this one. Yes. The, the best Manchester photographer around. Yes. Honestly, if you don't follow Willow by the river... Underscore. Underscore. At the front or the, or the end? At the end. At the end. Mm. She um, does some unreal Manchester photography that frequently makes us miss Manchester, doesn't it? It does. That's why I don't go on her Instagram much. <laughs> um, but Rude. I might go on more often after this question. So, question by Willow by the River underscore. Go. If you are a complete beginner, uh-huh. what's the best way to navigate the car park at Robin Park? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny because what was I talk? I was talking to her the other day about this. What did I say I was going? Oh, I was talking about how coffee shops in Manchester. You just don't get the same coffee shops in Wigan as you do in Manchester. I was no. like sitting at a coffee shop in Costa and Robin Park, just ain't the same. It's like feel good club in Manchester. No, it's not. It's not quite the same, is it? And then she was telling me about the. Um, I mean, we're discussing the situation at Robin Park. Imagine your typical. Um, what they called retail park mm. and then start building two buildings in the middle of it yeah just randomly <laughs> oh no build two new buildings mm. make it more confusing and then put another two more new buildings in it to make it even more confusing it is quite literally the most chaotic place to drive around in terms of a car park ever and there's one corner that i feel like you always nearly like crash into someone oh, the one where you're going left into costa yeah always chaos yeah it's mental in fact it's actually the only car park in the world where there's no entrances just exits it's really easy to get off that car park but getting yeah, on it's an absolute nightmare there's a mm. bit where so many sharp turns <laughs> yeah there's a point on the car park and i don't know how i'm going to explain this with people who've never been to understand but basically there's a bit where you're like oh i want to park over there and everyone will know where it is if they've been it's, it's to go to um, sports direct <laughs> So if you kind of like, th- you get on and you go, oh, I want to go over there in the top corner. So you like follow the road round as if you're going to get to Sports Direct. And all of a sudden you're driving off the car park and there's no, it's a one way road. So you can't go back. So you have to go all the way back round. I think back you can now go, but it's like this tiny little midsection road that's yeah. barely big enough for two cars. It's mental. It's the, honestly, it's the, at one point when Jen mentioned about building the new buildings, there was a point where there's a car phone warehouse. I'm sure it's car phone warehouse. They built a new building, which they was turning into a car phone warehouse, but kept the other car phone warehouse there. So at one point, there was two car phone warehouses. Yeah, that's so I true. don't know anyone that shops at car phone warehouse. We've got two <laughs> within 100 yards of each other. I wonder what they're going to put in those new buildings, though. Probably. I heard Nando's at one point. I don't know if actually accurate that is. Probably not, because they've been saying they're building a Nando's in Wigan since I was seven. Ah, oh, no, but I do like a Nando's. I do, but we're not allowed out. Valid so we just as well getting it delivered. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be a Nando's. In fact, it'll probably be so. It'll be like there'll be a balloon shop and a card shop. That's what they'll do. Well, I've already got one there. Yeah, it doesn't stop them, Jen. <laughs> they just put whatever they've got, double it. It's like creating a. Is it on Sims where you can just like copy and paste a house? <laughs> and you do that. It's just pretty, I don't much know, what, yeah, it's pretty much what they do on Robin Park. They just fact like, oh, the shop's doing that. Let's copy and paste that. <laughs> 
I like that question. That's that, a good yeah. one. I thought it was extremely relevant. Yeah. Since you're from Wigan. Um, and um, that is where, to be fair, a short period of time during lockdown, I think we, we were known as the Costa people because yeah. we were going for like three Costas a week at that Robin Fair. I was getting... <laughs> DM saying, have you got chairs in Costa? I'm like, no, but we should have. At that point, when I got asked that question, I didn't even have the app. I didn't know I could save points. <laughs> we went for three months without collecting a point. <laughs> and do you know what, though? It was the only pleasure. Now we've got an Aero Press. Aero Press. <laughs> I like the way you make coffee. <laughs> Honestly, if you've not got an Aero Press and you like coffee, get one. Yeah. Get one. It's really good, life-changing. And we bought a milk frother as well. So basically, now we don't have to go to Costa. Mm. We make frothy milk coffees. At home, I got my little vanilla syrup, so I save calories and I save money. And you Win. enjoy life. Win. Just had one, didn't we, when we got back oh, from the walk? Oh, it's delicious. Oh, it was good. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Right, so I don't think you've answered the question, Jen, but I don't think there's an answer. All right, yeah. No, I don't um, think there is an answer. I think that's the point. I think get on it and good luck. Yeah, I've heard if you close your eyes, cross your fingers and just drive forwards, <laughs> you'll get to wherever you're trying to get to. Maybe just park on Asda and walk. Yeah. I found, by the way, if you're on Robin Park, don't park, like, in the centre bit. Like, make sure you park near an edge. Because if you're walking <laughs> across it, like, you definitely get hit sorry, by a I'm sorry, but this is funny that we're actually giving this an answer. It deserves an answer. <laughs> it's a well-thought-out question. Um, I'll draw you a map. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody needs one, I'll screenshot you a little map of Robin Park, mm. and then you can come for a little trip to Wigan, and you can navigate the car park. Yeah, you can try and take us around it. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks again. On that note. Have the best week you've have ever, ever, ever had in your sat entire life. Sat in your life. house. Right. I don't care where you sat. Just have the best week you've <laughs> well, ever Well, everyone sat in the house because they can't sit anywhere Right. Else. Step one, order an AeroPress. Step two, order some feel-good pub coffee. Step three, have the best week you've had in your entire life. <laughs> yeah. Not sponsored by any of them. But do it all anyway. I know. Before you go, make sure to hit the link in the podcast notes to update us on how many steps you've done on today's walk whilst listening to us two jabber on. Each week we'll update you on the total number of steps you fantastic listeners have done. And if you haven't already, please don't forget to like the podcast, rate the podcast, subscribe to the podcast and anything else you can do to the podcast that makes us all really great.